0: God is 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 on the move, and um, my prayer consistently is is let me see what you're doing, Lord. Let me have eyes to see what it is that you're doing in this season. And I was hearing Him this morning in in um, in the songs we were singing, uh, in the words that were coming. Uh, And how they relate to what, it's a a pretty simple sermon this morning. But but, um, you'll just see what God's doing here. I want to read from um, Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews, and just uh, a few scriptures out of that. Hebrews 10, and starting in verse 11. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. He has perfected for all time those who are being sac- uh, sanctified. Now verse um, uh, 19 down to 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence There is enough there for a month of Sundays, you know. Full of, of God and what He's doing. Hey, it's 10 o'clock, Mac. <laughs> don't, don't think I'm coming after him. He's just, he likes to have fun. <laughs> he's a good man. Um, thank you, Lord. My friend Wes, who sits patiently at the door of the house of God, <laughs> and I were talking about about um, barbers a week ago, and and it got me thinking about a few things. Barbers, what on earth has barbers to do with the house of God? <laughs> well, um, there was a time when when. Barbers and surgeons belong to the same guild. <laughs> you know, um, just in town we have, a, we have a barber. It's called Harry and Sons. What a name for a barber. eh? <laughs> <laughs> Harry and Sons. And they have outside their, their shop <laughs> a, uh, a, a barber's pole. You know, you've seen those, um, some may have not seen them, but they're red, white, and blue, a barber's pool. And there, there's purpose behind that, red, white, and blue. What, what they had, now, now you, you need to listen to this, because um, in the 1700s, the science, the, they had reached the crescendo of scientific method. They had reached the maximum of human potential in knowledge. And what they would do is, if you had a sore throat, um, or right up to the plague, they would, the barber would come and bleed you. He would find a vein, slice it open, and let you bleed. (laughs) That was... Science at the best. (laughs) Follow the science. (laughs) Does that sound like a phrase you want (laughs) to? That's what the science was at that time. They they would bleed you so that you uh, would would recover. They wanted to get rid of the toxins that must be in your blood, and through that your sore throat would be healed or whatever was your ailment at that point. It didn't work, of course, <laughs> but they did it for years, and barbers and surgeons were in the same guild. The surgeons got tired of being put together with people that cut hair, so they, <laughs> so they, uh, they broke it off, but isn't it interesting the things that we, we believe are the most important at a time? We don't see the future, but God does. We don't know what's coming down the pipe, but God does. We assume that because we have advanced this far, like no other human being has lived this moment before. The moment you are living in is fresh and new. And whatever we, whatever we, we uh, experience in the next moment will never have been experienced before. And so we assume that we have arrived, <laughs> that we're there, and that we are the top of the heap, and that our vaccines are A number one. <laughs> and yet, we have a new variant out there. My wife and I were, were uh, uh, last month fighting the Delta Forces The Delta variant was out there and uh, we were wounded, but we are here to fight the next battle. And yeah, thank you, Lord. And now, Omicron. Omicron has come. He's an Avenger. You had best fear because Omicron is about to be unleashed upon the population of the earth. Omicron. It's the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's right, so, so be prepared for Omicron. I don't know what he'll look like, but he sounds ominous, doesn't he? But didn't we tell you a year and a half, two years ago, that this was coming, that there wouldn't be enough vaccines to take care of it? They say that our current vaccines have no effect upon omicron. And so you must take another and another and another. (laughs) Did did you catch something happening here? Enough. Yes, Lord. Hebrews. (laughs) I was having too much fun with that, I know. (laughs) The science. The science at that time was to bleed a person. Now the science would have taken you to spraying your children with DDT so that they could have um, no more uh, nits in their head, (laughs) in their hair. It would have had uh, doctors smoking cigarettes because it was safe and (laughs) fine for a doctor to do that. Would have had um, uh, Pregnant pregnant moms taking thalidomide. What could be wrong with that? The science is a problem, especially if you can't question it. We must be able to question it. That's part of the scientific method, is being able to question it. And we're being robbed of that. Anyway, that's my rant. Let's go back to Jesus here. He's with us in all things. So in in Hebrews 10, we see... That every priest stands day after day at his service. Offering again and again the same sacrifice that can never take away sins. The priest would would take care of the sins of your past. You You would bring... A prescribed offering, the sacrifice of praise that you were talking about, the sacrifice you would bring, and the priest would would shed its blood, shed its blood for you, but it wasn't sufficient. A barber bleeding you was not sufficient for, for your sickness. The blood of goats and bulls was not sufficient to take away your sins. It was it was prescribed by God that, that it would be good enough to take away to to cover your sins of the past, but there was nothing for today and tomorrow. You would have to come come back and deal with that another day. Because it was it, they knew that you would sin. Even the Day of Atonement, the, the, the scapegoat time of year, where, where they let one goat go free, um, the, the, it, the, the nation was clear of sins at the moment that the, the second goat was killed. The blood was shed. But from that moment on, every sin was still out there and not atoned for, not dealt with. There had to be a better way. There had to be a better way. Mm. God is so good. And fortunately, Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. Giving his own body and blood on the cross... To bring us forgiveness and new life. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for sins. This is, this is how um, the message um, uh, interprets verse 12 of chapter 11. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for sins. And that was it. It was the perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. Isn't that beautiful? Let me me read that part again. It was the perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. Jesus lived the perfect life and it was only through a perfect life sacrificed freely that we could receive our cleansing and have all of our sins dealt with. It wouldn't be very good if Jesus died just for the sins up to that point. So everything from 2,000 years ago onward well, sorry, you know, you still got to deal with your sin somehow. Every single sin of the human race was dealt with one time by Jesus Christ. That, that is so profound, it makes me cry when I, when, I, when I sit and think about it. In his presence, it, it undoes me every time. He's so amazing. We need that perfection because we are imperfect. As imperfect people, we can be perfected only by a perfect sacrifice, offered by a perfect person. And Jesus has made this sacrifice for us. His offering is a huge improvement over the boats and um. Goats and bulls. bulls. I'm thinking about the flood and all the time. boats and goats and bulls the temple priests and the greater advancement, than the modern practice of bloodletting it's in the same category. It's just insufficient. Bloodletting by the barber is insufficient. A a sacrifice by a priest is insufficient. Now, I don't know what um, what sites you look at uh, on on the internet, uh, um, but there is a, a a big movement to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem and and they say that they're ready and the the primary financiers of that temple are evangelical Christians yeah now i think that the reason they want that is to hasten the second coming of jesus no i do you know because because it says that the <laughs> Yeah, the the temple has to be built and it has to be desecrated and on and on and on, you know. That that we're not talking about that today. But I think that they are well-intentioned, but there is no need for a second temple. Because the sacrifice has been made and it was more than sufficient. There is no need to kill one more bull, or goat, or or a red heifer, any of those things. There is no need, but you know that it will be done, you know, the <laughs> but it has no effect on who you are and your eternal standing with God. Your hope can't be in a temple other than the one you carry with you, the temple that the Holy Spirit resides in currently. It's so, so, so awesome. The blood of Christ is a perfect sacrifice. One that removes any need for temple sacrifice. Verses 19 and 21 and 22. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, and since we have a great Priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith that our hearts are sprinkled clean from all evil conscience and our bodies are washed with pure water. That's not a physical washing, that is a spiritual washing. The pure water of the Word. We are washed. Sounds good, doesn't it? Confidence to enter the sanctuary. God's God's heart and desire has always been relationship with his people. He invited the whole tribe of, or the whole nation of Israel up onto the mountain, and they said, (laughs) Take Moses. (laughs) You know how to talk to him. We'll stay here. Because they feared God. But he is not to be feared. He has Sin has been dealt with. They knew they were sinful. They knew that they would go up in a puff of smoke. Or whatever they had envisioned. Uh, and, and that they would not live in his sight. Because he cannot look upon sin. But he made a way. Where there was no way. He made a way that nobody had had forethought. <laughs> where his the blood of Jesus Christ would make the take away the the uh, curtain which it said we just read is was his Jesus's flesh was the curtain stopped us from going in there but his his the curtain was ripped in two from top to bottom huge curtain like yeah, yeah. Some some say it was like nine inches. Some say as much as three feet thick. An incredible, big curtain that was just ripped in two, like a like a, a napkin at your <laughs> Christmas table. You can't put it back together. God's plan was His desire. Sorry, as I said earlier, was to to have fellowship with His people. Fellowship, like you are his people. He wants to, to, for you to come in with, he calls it boldness. To come in without hesitation. Your conscience has been cleansed. You don't have to worry about that. He loves you and wants to talk to you. He wants you to turn to him anytime and has paid the ultimate price for that. So that you can come and just commune with him. Just be together with him like we are here. We we had a beautiful communion time together. No no bread and wine. (laughs) But this morning was, we were one before God. Common union. (laughs) One before God. Communion before him. And it was so delightful to be in his presence. He made a way for us. Made away. So, huh. verse uh, twenty three to twenty five. Hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another that's that 's the mission of every church we were We were challenged um, by peter kumar to to um, to look at our vision and what what the new vision of uh, the church would be I have a problem with that because every church in the whole wide world should have the same vision <laughs> really to lift Jesus higher to have communion with God to encourage one another like you can you can uh, pay firms a great deal of money to come up with a new way to twist those words together to make them sound like Nobody else has thought of these things. But what it comes down to is exactly the same thing. We're here to serve Jesus and to love him. And to get ready to spend eternity with him. <laughs> and with each other. And it's so, so delightful. But he talks about encouraging one another. And 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 making a way for each other. This <laughs> We talk about the forgiveness of sins. And... And, and do we make a place for that? Do we, do we love one another so much that we will not categorize people and keep them in boxes and never let them out? Well, I know that 30 years ago he did blah, blah, blah. And, and that's the category we always have somebody in. Or, or are we encouraging everybody every day? Like we're called to encourage people. We must be careful not to keep judgments in that way. We must see each day what people really are before God. Because if God is in them, he can change a person in an instant. In an instant. And, and if we're stuck in our judgments, we will not see it. And we will not be able to encourage them, and therefore we're sinning again. But that sin has been atoned for. So, <laughs> funny thing, eh? There is a thing. As I was looking at barbers, you know, thinking about Wes, he needed a haircut last week, and he got one. Looks really nice, Wes. I got one too because it was just, you know, God's will was in the air, <laughs> or in the hair rather. <laughs> yeah we used we used to uh, have a guy that that uh, worshiped with us and he he called us joint hairs with god from (laughs) he's from quebec (laughs) not dominic but (laughs) we're joint hairs and yeah well that's anyway (laughs) they have this thing called the confession uh project no the confess project sorry i got that wrong the Confess Project, um, there, there is a, uh, a syndrome among men. Uh, we, we must be manly men, and, and we mustn't uh, talk about things that we're struggling with. But the Confess Project um, took a, the place that they thought that men could actually talk, a barbershop. You talk to your barber, you tell him what's going on in your life, and your barber hears you and really acts as a priest, you know, <laughs> acts as a confessor. Uh, and so they, um, down, down in uh, Atlanta, uh, they, they started to do this in a, in a predominantly black neighborhood where, where the men must be men. Um, it, they, they described it as, uh, you know, a man won't go to the doctor unless his arm has fallen off and he has to drag it into the office. <laughs> it's a nice picture, right? <laughs> so in other words, men, men just don't go to the doctor, don't talk about those things. And, and, and there is so much room for people to talk about the struggles that we have. But we don't have a place to do it. There is no venue for it. There is no practice of it. We, we talk around it a lot. But there's no place that we can actually be honest with one another. And what this Confess Project wanted to do is make a place for that. And they're finding that it works. That guys can actually go in there. And, and uh, they, they gave, there's 150 barbershops now. That that uh, are involved with this thing, um, Gillette of all people is funding it. <laughs> the, the, the the razor blade people. There's got to be something in it for them. But <laughs> um, 150 of them uh, in place right now, and and it's growing, and they they give them um, um, materials to so that. Um, people that are struggling with mental illness, um, uh, schizophrenia or bipolar or oCD or uh, you know any of that kind of stuff um, but but something that you couldn 't con- confess to other men normally they they start to talk about it and then they take them <laughs> to to a counselor that can help them and to to so that so that we don 't have to um, self-medicate and, 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 and not honor God in that we're, so we, we don't have to lie about how we're doing and we don't have to take it out on our families they're finding that, that men take out their frustrations about how they're feeling on their families and it, and it just hasn't hasn't worked when you do it that way. And so this confess project. Makes space. For men to talk about those kind of things. Seems to be easier for women to talk about it. But. but um, I think that that's what the church should do. I think that that's our calling. It's to forgive one another. And to encourage one another. And to help one another. And if we can if we can do that, we become the church in action again. We we become Christ's church to the world. Right now, we have very little value to the world because they see us as as uh, phony and hypocritical, and of what Bruce was talking about. You know, having no value. And, and that is an indictment on us as leaders and the people of God. There has got to be a place for us to be honest with one another. And to be able to move on from where, where we are. We have tools, like Roman was talking about. God gave us tools to work with. Is there a place for us to just be honest Together, one of the things that that um, has 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 become a problem. It was kind of pictured in in a story that I I read. Um, This this guy was telling about his youth and how he loved to go for a long swim, and then just climb up on a raft and and regain his strength and lie on the raft and let the raft float along but invariably he would open his eyes and found that he had drifted way further away from the shore than he thought he had and unless we're in the moment unless we're with christ at the time we can find that we have drifted from our morals and from our values. That we are, are further away from them than we thought we were. Even when we um, went through the, 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 the lockdown um, as part of this pandemic, it, it, it's, it's easy not to challenge ourselves. One of the great beauties of coming together as a, a family of God and, and not forsaking the meeting together is that it is three-dimensional. We had two-dimensional meetings over the the computers, but here it's three-dimensional, and here iron can sharpen iron. We can look at each other and see, something's not right. I'm going to go talk to my brother. Maybe I'll pray for my brother. And we get a chance to, to work the tools that we have with each other. And not just skip by one another, but to be in the moment and hear God talking to us about our brothers and sisters that we meet together with. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Faithful Christians, or sorry, faithful Christian living is not about trying harder. It's about trusting more, and that's that's pushing through the things that have kept us from being all that we need to be. People that struggle with a particular sin, um, you you can try harder. You can be in addiction and try harder. You can try with all of your might, and it may work for a while. But what what it really takes is trusting in our Savior. He promised that he would see to completion the thing that he'd started in us. And what he'd started in us is perfection. He's called us to be perfect like he is perfect. And he wants to take us to that place. That's what he's called us to. And he will get us there if we trust him. As long as we do it on our own, oh, Jesus, I can do this. I'll stop smoking and I'll white knuckle it. You know, I'll, (laughs) I'll, I'll hold on so tight that I can't get my hand to my mouth to light this thing. That doesn't work. Now and then it does for a time. But you're always stuck with it. But there is a way for God to bring freedom. And he can bring freedom through our brothers and sisters praying for us and recognizing who we are and honoring us and working with us and loving us such an important thing love us to provoke one another in love and good deeds it says in verse 24 provoke is not necessarily to poke them till they're angry <laughs> but but to call each other to love and good deeds how do we do that? We do that by example. We do that also by, by inviting one another to do something delightful in the Lord. Or something that's hard in the Lord. Just something that is in the Lord. Um, Dominic, we know, excuse me for using him. Uh, he's downstairs, so he won't notice. And, um, <laughs> Dominic has, has, has done some wonderful things over the last year and a half, uh, bringing food and, and uh, uh, just helping people. But he, he saw Denise, and Denise, uh, he provoked to love and good deeds. She's taken over the, the area down, downstairs where the, the clothing is and, and uh, given out some of the, the, the stuff that comes in and, and has made it look very nice. And is doing a delightful job. But Dominic provoked Denise to love and good deeds. And I applaud that. How much more of that is available to us? What is it that God's put on our hearts to to do that? To be about the things of God. And finally, meeting together. Encouraging one another. Gathering together like... Some some people used that as a rallying cry uh, for for churches to meet during the pandemic, and and uh, that's awesome, you know, if they're they're called to that. But but the meeting together isn't isn't ju- isn't a isn't a right before the government, and, and so you know it it fell on deaf ears. But the meeting together is for us. The meeting together, forsake not the assembly. Because in the assembly, there is a, um, a collective worship that is better than anything we can do on our own. There is a place that we can get to in the spirit that is huge and wonderful. We were, we were touching on it this morning. It was so good and so refreshing. And that's why we, we're, we're called not to for, forsake the assembly. It's in that place, and we saw it this morning, where, where, where God starts to be enthroned on the praises of his people. And where he's enthroned, his, he is there in fullness. Hallelujah. And in his fullness, his gifts are there. And so people start to hear the Holy Spirit louder than they normally would. And so they want to come up here and share something. They want to, they, they're hearing from God, and they want everybody to know it. And so together we do that. We couldn't do that on t- TV. We were missing that. Because together <laughs> there is a power and a wonder that just doesn't happen when we're by ourselves. Forsake not the assembly. We, we were able to find a way to continue to meet during that time. Praise God. The police knew about us and didn't bother us. (laughs) Because of the faithfulness of God. But we met together. Because it was important for us. Mm -hmm. Forsake not the assembly. Forsake not the assembly. So. In closing. (laughs) That means there's 20 minutes left, right? (laughs) In, in closing, it's 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 Jesus, our High Priest, that has made a way for us. All of our sins have been dealt with before Him. Continue to confess your sins. You know, uh, He who says He is without sin is a liar. It says, <laughs> essentially, there is a place for us to confess, and there should be a place. Where we feel safe enough to confess our sins one to another. That we might be healed as it says in James. We have a ways to go as the body of Christ. To make a place that is safe for people to be able to do things like that. But in order to do that we have to bring the love of God in us. And to be Familiar with the love of God and to know the sacrifice that was paid for us, that our consciences would be cleansed, that our bodies would be cleansed, and we don't carry the the stuff of the world when we meet together. We meet together as free people in Christ. Jesus. Serving the God that we love so much. That's our calling that is who we should be and I think we're going to get there because God promised that this thing that I've started in you and that includes his bride (laughs) he's going to see us through he's going to iron out the wrinkles and wipe out the spots because he's coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle and that's us that is us What a joy! Let's stand, and we're going to pray. It was longer than it normally is. I apologize. It's Brian's fault. He took us too long in worship. (laughs) Ah, okay. Um, Pastor Bob has said uh, um, that the home group uh, won't be meeting. This, this Wednesday, December 1st, but we'll meet again December 8th at 7 p.m. Um, so any of you that go out there, or are hoping to go out there, don't go this week. <laughs> go next week and you will have a great time. They, the reports that come out of there are awesome. Steve and Shelley are, are going to have a book study, but that will start in the new year. So we don't have to cancel next week. <laughs> Just stay tuned and something wonderful is going to be happening there. Let's pray. Put your hearts in, in prayer mode. Thank you, Jesus, that today is the first Sunday of Advent. As we hope, that's our word for the day, Lord. As we hope in your second coming. You promised us that you would come back. And we know that your promises are yea and amen. They will come true. You've never made a promise that you haven't kept, Lord. We may never see what we think is normal again, but we will see you. How wonderful is that? That gives us such hope, Lord. And so we light that candle this morning with the hope of your return. We're so grateful to you for that. And as we read from Hebrews 10, we we read about your great sacrifice and how that superseded any number of bulls or goats or pigeons or anything that could be sacrificed. Your sacrifice once for us all was sufficient and more than sufficient our sins aren't an issue with you anymore sometimes they keep us from you but you gave us confession to repair that breach you're so good because the keeping of us from you is on our end not on your end you paid the way already help us to recognize that we can confess to one another and be healed as it says in James 5. Your word is true, Lord. Your sacrifice was good, and it is still working. Thank you that we can have relationship with you. And I pray that this week, each one of us would have a special encounter with you. In those encounters, we are changed forever help us to introduce others to encounter with you, Lord. Help us to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Help us to see the significance of assembling together, meeting together. Oh Lord, you're amazing. And you have healing for us all, whatever it is that we see as a malady, physical, mental, emotional, relational, financial, all of that stuff, healing is in your wings, your word says. So thank you for a touch from you for each one this week. Would you bless each one and show them your way this week. Let us see what it is that you're doing. Discern what it is that you're doing. And join you in it as never before. Thank you for this people, Lord, who love you with all their hearts. We bless you in your lovely name, Jesus. Bless each one at home as well. In Jesus' name. Amen.